This is episode number 153 of the Church Collective Podcast. Thanks for being here. In this episode, uh, Chris had the opportunity to talk to James Duke about the vinyl that was just put out for all the bright lights and just guitar stuff as usual. But uh, yeah, we've had James on the podcast, I think, three or four times at this point, and it's always a fantastic interview. I know you're going to love it. So here we go. Episode number 153 of the Church Collective Podcast. All right. So you've got a new, um, not a new album, an old album being released newly on vinyl uh, what what's the um the whole process behind that first off don't call me old and the process um <laughs> the process basically um all the bright lights album the original album came out 10 years ago um last year old bear records contacted me and asked if they could reissue the album on vinyl. They've been going back and kind of finding some cool kind of semi-legendary, but kind of not mainstream kind of bands, like influential maybe is the right word, records and re-releasing them. And there's, they actually have done some really cool bands and back from the 60s all the way up. Anyway, they, they just said to, they just said they loved the record and they wanted to, be able to reissue it and which worked out well for me because I'd always wanted it to be on vinyl and I just never did it and so they uh yeah we just made the deal and they we put it out and it's out now and I'm really excited I felt like the artwork even when it was originally came out I felt like it was always going to be perfect for vinyl and it's oh, Hey, look, I just happened to have one. And it really is. It looks amazing. Uh, and so it turned out really great. It was amazing. It's heavyweight vinyl, and it's just, yeah, super excited to have it out finally. Ten years in the making. Talk about your vinyl setup. Um, mine's sort of simple. So I just have a Sony turntable that I plug into I've usually got it plugged into like a sound bar or something. If you don't want to spend a lot of money, I feel like that's actually a really good way to do it because sound bars are powered. So it's just a good little humble setup, you know, and I don't have a ton of vinyl, but I do have some cool items. I have a lot of the original pressings of like the 90s U2 records, which were really hard to find. They've since started releasing them, but before that, they, you know, you couldn't find them anywhere, especially because in the 90s, vinyl had like all but gone away. There was hardly any ever made. And if there was, they were usually like imports and stuff. So I tracked a lot of those down. A few of them, like I found when I was in Brazil and different places that would still have these amazing record shops, just all the stuff you would all like never see here. And so... I probably have like a hundred records, so it's not a ton, but you know, I've got some cool stuff. You know, has a great collection is Dom Gerald's. Have you ever seen his collection? I haven't. No. It's pretty extensive. <laughs> I mean, it takes up a whole room. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm he, gonna have to call him. It, it super inspired me to want to like, like I was telling you about finding all my dad's albums and everything. And he's got like a, a nice display, so like when he puts on a record, he puts the album like above it, so it's like kind of mm. displayed. And the setup's really cool. One thing I like about vinyl is 
that you have to kind of be intentional about listening to music when you do that, you know? You go and you decide what you're listening to, you put it on, you have to turn it in 15 or 18 minutes or however long it is, and it just kind of makes you listen more and kind of be engaged with it instead of just putting it on and getting on your computer or your phone and not and spacing out and not even listening so yeah that is a cool part i didn't know you had a cool collection that's awesome plus you know listening front to back instead of just listening to a track right from place playlist is so so much of a different experience when you guys did that album did had did you put thought into like what song like the order of the songs and make it sequential yeah two or three times where songs are connected and kind of go in and out of each other and so we actually we were pretty intentional about it for sure like like there's a song called um chest of drawers that we have that i wrote that i kind of wrote it to go into the next song which is called the door but to me it was like one big piece of music but it wasn't until we started all working on it together and me, John and Jacob, that that song, the door kind of took on a life of its own. And like uh, John sings on it and stuff like that. So then it became like its own moment, but it was still, it literally like, while the other songs just at the very end, while it's still every, all my delay pedals are going crazy and all this noise has been going on. Then that next part just comes right in through it. And so stuff like that, there's a song. There's a song called uh, "Waiting on a Child." That, uh, as it ends, you hear rain come in, and it becomes a song called "Walora Lake." Uh, so yeah, we we uh, that's like one of the cool things that I love about that record. That there's a lot of like, it just feels like you're kind of in a moment with with us because of how it it, it just all becomes one big song, sort of. Was Walora Lake, was that about your neighborhood or about your house? I wrote it at my house. Um, it was just one of those days where like, I just went and sat down with the guitar and started working on, just playing, actually. I wasn't even thinking about anything. And as it as it developed and as I uh, began to write even more on it, and it, I realized like it just... To me, it just kind of feels, it gives me this feeling of like, because of the rain and stuff, it's like almost like you're sitting in your house, just like looking out a window. And and so it just reminded me of home, basically. And I lived on a street called Willora Lake. Oh, it was a street? Yeah. I was thinking it was a neighborhood. Kind of a neighborhood, too, but the street's name is Willora Lake. When you turn in, it actually says Willora Lake neighborhood, I think. But... Um, yeah, uh, I just titled it after that. That was where I was. Have you thought about doing a surround sound version of the album? Uh, no, but I have been researching and reading up a lot on the new stuff that's happening with surround sound because Amazon's doing one, and who else? There's another. There's a few different companies or whatever coming out with their own kind of surround sound thing so i'd actually never thought about that for those records but i have been looking into that stuff so maybe that'd be super cool i'm surprised not many more people especially guitar players mess with surround sound 
I know Frank Zappa did a couple concerts in surround sound. Yeah. Which is a cool concept. I wonder what it sounded like. Insane with him, probably. Yeah. I've experimented with putting like a reverb into two delays that are both stereo to make it like a four speaker setup. Yeah. Not basically front left, front right, back left, back right. And that sounds pretty good. So I'm assuming that all the bright light stuff would sound really good swirling around you. Uh, Yeah. The right engineer could really go to town. There's so many tracks on those songs. So like I know also the Amazon set is like basically you could get four echo units, whatever they're called, you know, and position them in different parts of whatever room you're in. And that's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. You have two albums so far, right? Yeah, we just have two. Are you going to do a third one anytime? I think it would be fun. I've been writing for whatever kind of project it will become. Probably just a solo album, but it could easily turn into that. But I've been writing for the last probably three years just working on stuff. But it's hard to uh, get all of us to do it, you know. Me, me and Jacob both live in, in Nashville, but my brother's in Atlanta and everyone's so busy. So it would have to be a real intentional take a week out of the take a week and actually go do it. So it would be so awesome. I, I, w- I hope we can. Yeah. You've been doing a lot of uh, remote recording. Mm-hmm. How long have you you've been doing that for like two years now, right? Yeah. It's been yeah about two years since I've actually started doing it on my own would you ever do like an ep like a remote ep where each of you did it remotely i guess we could yeah man you're just full of the good ideas you should be our manager (laughs) well no because one of the questions i was going to ask you is because i haven't talked to you about your setup in a long time and so i'm wondering like how's it evolved since the last time i talked to you i recently up Created my interface to a Apollo twin quad unit. Um, other than that, you know, I kind of keep it simple. And so I just, I like 57s. I use 57s. I, yeah, I use Logic. It's real simple. Um, unless it's, unless it's something, a real specific lead line or something, I don't really do a whole lot of stereo guitars just because I don't feel like, I feel like once you start tracking stereo rhythm guitars, like there's nowhere to put all that. Honestly, most people, most people mixing are just going to use one mic for it anyway and mix it somewhere, you know? And so my whole thing is like, if I have a part, I've recently, I've started like any sort of solos or cool lead lines. I'll, Actually, I've started double tracking it. I guess I could do stereo, but I've started double tracking it because I feel like there's a little, there's a cool thing like when you actually take the time to actually track something again, especially lead parts, that it, I don't know, to me it like feels a lot more vibey and kind of aggressive sounding. And so, and then you, and then if you, uh, feel bad about your playing and you actually nail it the second time you're like see i'm pretty good i just did the exact same thing it was super solid like i I like have to talk myself up like that all the time i see you're not bad you can do it and so uh no uh but yeah 
I, I'm about to start doing some guitar overdubs for a record, and I was just trying to figure out if uh, what my recording situation was going to be for it. But normally it's like a 57 in front of an amp, and I just go for it. I tend, though, I tend to send tons of tracks all the time, like when I'm recording for people. Um, so it's not all like usually consistently it's like at least like eight tracks of different stuff you know and so it's like I because once I get into it I'm like oh what if I did this what if I did this so I send them like options and all this stuff and so there's so much stuff you know and some engineers I've worked with like if I if I did track like a stereo line they're just like this is a lot (laughs) this is a lot so and so i don't know but that's how i do it because i've always thought like maybe a different mic and i'm sure i could go ribbon or something so i've actually been researching what to do but what i might like because i've used tons of different stuff obviously but for me it's just putting a 57 in front of it that's usually my go-to i figured eventually you would get into the apollo stuff and I've been so curious and wanting to know, like, because I love that stuff. So I'm, I'm like, which plugins are you? Have, have you started diving I'll into all that? I'll probably have to start picking your brain about it. What are you, like, are you are you using any plugins? Oh, no? You're not, not really. Really? No, I mean, not very much. I mean, I know, like, I'm always, like, if I go to somebody's studio, they'll throw a bunch of stuff on it. And so... I've, I'm always thinking like I'm gonna do my thing, and then I can they can always do whatever else they want to it. You know what I mean? And so because I know as soon as I send it to them, they're gonna start EQing it how they want and cutting out all these frequencies and adding more reverb probably and all this stuff. So I I typically I'm just sending them. I mean sometimes I'm sending what exactly I would do anyway, but. Yeah, so I'm going to start. I was just talking to a friend today about what should I start buying just to have, just to start doing it. But you're using your pedal board though still, right? Yeah. So it does have effects printed on it, just not plug Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's like my normal rig, so it's not like I'm recording dry or anything. Quite yeah. the contrary, my friend. <laughs> but that's what I was curious about because... Because I've, I've basically gotten to the point where I don't use pedals recording, and I'm using all plugins. So you don't, when you record guitars, you don't use any of your pedals. Mm-mm. Why do you have all of them? Though? <laughs> it's yeah. just fun. But I was asking myself that the other day. I was like, man, do it. Should I start selling these things? Like, I'll just. Oh, use, the only yeah. thing I'll use is like a maybe like a preamp type or a or a little bit of an overdrive. Like, have you messed with Valhalla Verb? Uh, I have, but not on my own. Like, which one is your favorite? The, all that stuff the vintage, they do. The vintage. Movie. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously I'm gonna get that at some point. Yeah, and then there's a um the Universal Audio's CE1 chorus replica is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So I feel like you would like that, and their Echoplex is is super awesome too. So it's kind of new. I've I just I just got upgraded on my my thing, so I haven't even really dove into too much. 
I had a bunch of, I've had some, I've actually been really busy tracking guitars on, I'm still in the middle of a bunch of, of a couple projects that they're, I'm still getting songs sent and stuff, but it has actually been really busy. And so I, I've, my nights are usually very busy since I have a day job now. And so I, uh, I am, uh, have been, it's been crazy. <laughs> it's been pretty crazy. So you're tracking your amps at night? Like no, neighbors aren't complaining about that? The houses aren't super up on each other. And my, our house is like the last in the row. And, and my studio's on the end of one of it, of that side. And it's like an old, probably 60s style ranch. And so this probably used to be like a garage that they closed in, you know? And so all the walls, basically like the wall attached to the house is concrete. It's not loud at all. It's like a TV's on or something. So it's really fortunate actually, because I can have two amps if I want going normal volume that I would normally do. And I remember to test it out, I would go and like loop something and walk out into it goes right into the kitchen. And I was like, this is nothing. This is crazy. So kind of got really fortunate with that. So I can track at night and doesn't keep anybody up or wake anybody up. Wait, you said your amps are in the kitchen? The this room is right off the kitchen. Oh. So there's a door that goes into the kitchen and all the uh, all the bedrooms are on the other side and so it doesn't wake anybody up. Are you doing more remote recording now than you're in studio recording? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't go and do that many sessions in a studio anymore. I prefer this, like if it's the right person and the things I'll go, but I don't, I don't do that a whole lot anymore. Yeah. I don't like tracking by myself, but I've gotten a little more used to it. I, I, I don't feel like music should be just one person yeah. and like, you can't bounce any ideas off anybody. You don't know if they're even going to like it. Like you can spend hours on one part cause you're trying to get it just right. And then, you're like, I don't even know if they're going to like this. Uh, but um, it's just, for me, like right now, like that's just what I'm doing. Cody Carnes was telling me the other day about a um, plug-in that's new that, say we both had that plug-in and we both had Logic open at the same time. I could put that on my master bus and listen to you tracking in real time. Yeah, my friend Jacob Arnold broadcasts while well, he's recording drums from home. Yeah. He, he broadcasts it to the producer. That's pretty dope. I'm looking forward to where there's so little latency that we could be like video chatting and tracking at the same time, you know? That would be super helpful, you know? Like in Nashville, most producers, though, they're working on so much stuff, it seems like, that they'll send you whatever to play on and they're not even thinking about it. Yeah. And so then you send it to them and you don't hear back from them right. for a week or two. And so they, they, they use who they use because they know they like what they do and they don't have to worry about it. So send it off and don't think about it. <laughs> so I, I doubt most of them would ever even want to sit in and watch it because they're like, could be working on something else. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So That's the worst period is those five, six days. But when you don't hear anything back, you send them, send them the Dropbox. 
like cool thanks and then nothing nothing you know i send something like you hated it didn't you or just something like that after a week you hate this and you hate me now and you're mad at me for sending you those tracks is that it yeah i'm i can't believe i waited so long i just procrastinated and never actually did it started tracking myself because i've i turned down a lot of stuff just because I was like, eh, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. But not anymore, my friend. I like hiding little Easter eggs in there so that you know if the person listens. Because if, if they listen to what you send them, they're going to say something about it. You know, mm-hmm. something pretty outlandish. Or um, I'm always worried about that, though. If they're like, maybe he's serious and they put it in the record. <laughs> Unless it's like super horrible, crazy sounding. You you probably love sneaking some sacks in, don't you? I bet that's what you do. That's your play. But yeah, I do. I'm I'm just wait. I'm waiting for you to get into those plugins because I know you're gonna get you're gonna geek out over it once you. But it's a it's a huge money pit. Like it's worse than pedals. That's why I don't do it. I'm always like I can do it. I can. I'll make it. I'll just work until my guitar sounds good. Straight <laughs> into it, and then I'll just leave that. Leave it at that. You mentioned a new a new job, basically. I have recently took a position at Centricity Music, which is a record label here in Tennessee, uh, as a A&R. I've been doing that, and I really love it. The, it. the way it happened was kind of out of the blue, and it was the kind of thing where I was like, maybe I should see what happens with this. And so... I had lots of meetings and I started, I realized like I love, I loved everyone there. They were really cool and sweet and funny. And the more I got to know everybody and they asked me if I'd come on. So I am basically, they, they hired me to kind of head up and focus on like worship for them. And so that's what I'm working on finding and finding some new, people artists and songs and stuff and it's been really uh, a different experience honestly before i started and i'd already kind of agreed to do it i was like what have i done i'm not going to be any good at this i can't believe i'm doing this and then like the first day i walked in i was this feels right um and so I'm, i'm really excited about it and I feel like it's a cool, I've always kind of wanted to do this and I feel like this is just a perfect situation for me. And the people I'm working with are, are super just experienced and honestly like kind of legendary figures in the industry. And I'm excited to uh, learn and grow some, grow something. So. So are you getting like, when you're walking down the street, people are giving you demos and stuff now? No, but I mean, the cool thing, like, because I have done and worked in music for so long, I have so many friends that we have, like, we're such good friends, and they're really talented producers or writers or artists or whatever. And so once once I told them what I was doing, like, they've sent me lots of stuff they're working on or new people that they've found that they're producing and stuff. And I feel like this one cool thing about like the worship 
uh, genre is it's real small circle for the most part and everyone kind of knows each other and everyone like wants to just help each other like there's not there's not like it's not like cutthroat anyway so everyone wants everyone to do well and so you're not most people that aren't aren't insecure so they'll they don't mind being like hey you should check this guy out this person rules or you know whatever and so yeah it's just been cool like working with people with with my friends basically and them sending me stuff and listening through it and meeting people and meet new people and kind of trying to build something so I'm excited and I feel like it's uh, a nice transition for me because I honestly have been done with touring for a couple of years and I, I just am not wasn't super interested in being on the road and so I've been working a lot more in town and I really felt like I should that was should be my focus is being in in city where I live and working from there and working with people that I believe in and believe and believe in me and stuff and so this has been a cool experience have you seen uh the Clive Davis documentary on Netflix is it good you should definitely watch that it's all about him how he got the A&R job and like became the guy and he knew nothing about music and um CBS asked him if he wanted to be their lawyer and then he started working at CBS as a lawyer, and next thing you know, he's like in charge of the entire, you know, music industry. That's crazy. It's on I'm Netflix. I, I just watched it yesterday, and I was yeah. thinking of because it's same position, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I uh, it's definitely new and for me and a very different thing, but so far I've I feel like it's really great. So excited about it. Have you found anything new that you're excited about? Yep, I have. I'm not talking about it right now, but I have. So you are the next Clive Davis is what you're saying. I am the next Clive Davis. <laughs> With the quarantine, has it affected you much? I mean, because you said you're not trying to tour as much, and then now you're able to remote record, and then you've got this A&R job. Yeah. So has the quarantine affected you much? Personally, work-wise, not too much. But it's definitely kind of affected our family. My kids have been out of school for over four weeks now. And it just announced yesterday that they are not going back to school for the rest of the year. So that is that in and of itself is a huge thing to deal with you know well i'm not i won't call it a problem but it definitely makes you have to figure out let's say what you're going to do as a family and um same for my wife you know she she's a hairstylist she's actually also in nursing school right now and so she's been really busy as well and because of the shutdown her salon has been closed and so she hasn't been working and I feel super fortunate, but and because I, I know there's lots of families that both parents don't have work right now and stuff, and honestly, it's like heartbreaking to me. But she, uh, so she hasn't necessarily been working, but she's been able to focus more on school. But even knowing that may, maybe next month the salon will reopen, 
and then our kids won't be in school like we were expecting them to be and so we're just it's it's kind of crazy and it's it's like this is like totally uncharted territory not just for people my age like with younger families but even like my parents you know like no one's experienced this, so everyone's sort of in it together no one no one can draw on past experience really and so it's it's just such a intense time and it nothing I don't feel like anything's gonna be the same after this just even realizing that and trying to keep your children safe and making the best decisions about actually staying home and not take keeping them not letting them in big situ public situations or anything but then also kind of sheltering them from the actual fear of it all is such an important thing too as a parent and so it's been i would say for work i've been super fortunate but i am still experiencing like every person in the world at this point basically the, the effects of it just because i have family and kids and a wife that works also and in school and stuff it's just a time for everyone i started recently asking people have you had any kind of anxiety attacks or any days where you just feel down and i'm surprised the more i ask people the more other people have gone through the same thing and yeah. i'm really curious i like hearing how different people cope with things like me yeah. just spending some time outside in the in the sunlight helps a lot but um mm -hmm. do you have any like things that you do intentionally to try to keep your your spirit up yeah, well, I would say the first thing is I felt like last week, probably towards the middle end of last week, was the kind of the first time where I just started feeling the effects of everything, you know, like getting real frustrated and stir crazy and just over it. And, um, and you know, I made it three weeks, basically, kind of dealing with it pretty good. And if if, you know, we if somebody has to do something or get something we need like i'm usually i'm basically always the one that leaves so everyone's big everyone else is, we haven't taken our kids where we haven't gone out and and so the important thing to remember is that this is a tragedy you know and people all over the world are feeling it as well and just that is a heavy thing. It's really heavy and it affects everyone. And so just everyone feeling this, everyone feeling heavy, everyone being scared and uncertain. And so many people don't have any idea how they're gonna get any money right now and stuff like that. And it can be so uh, discouraging and scary that it can take people out just that, you know, and so I honestly feel like because this is like we're all in the world together, we're all part of something together, regardless of what we believe or what we do, about the job or the families we have or whatever, we're all in this world together. And I feel like just that is can create a unity, you know? And so when when something like this happens and so many people get taken out and so many people are dying and all this terror is happening everyone is affected that affects everybody and I've, especially this week there's been so many people that just 
have been telling me like, I just feel heavy. Like I feel really heavy and I can't feel like my, my, I'm not processing my thoughts very well. I'm just sad. And I just try to encourage them. I'm like, you have to let those feelings come. You have to allow yourself to like grieve through this because this is a tragedy, you know? And so the more, the more you start to realize that, I feel like the more you'll, your uh, faith will start to build and the more you'll start actually looking out for other people instead of just yourself. Where's the uh, computer? Right there. What, right where I am. Oh, Sailor. Uh, see, we're, we're, uh, we're all at home together. <laughs> she's so much more articulate than the last time I heard her talk. I know. She's uh, something else. All right. And... Uh, so yeah, that just allowing yourself to sort of grieve that is super important. I feel like. Oh no! Well, I'll tell you what. I'll help you in just a minute. And so, you have a little kid like this that your job is to make sure that she doesn't have to worry for one second. You know, doesn't have to worry about dinner or anything scary or anything like that. And so. Allowing yourself to actually feel those emotions, I feel like, is the first part of um, of actually getting over it and be, getting your heart healed and, and good, you know. It says, uh, blessed are those that mourn, you know. So I feel like you're not, it doesn't say, like, get over yourself and get and pull yourself up by the bootstraps. It says you're blessed and that you'll be comforted, so... That's been something that I have been thinking about a lot the last couple of days. So, so that's an, that's very serious talk, but I think it's important to know that you know there's a lot of things that can be happening from the effects of all this that can make you feel super isolated. But everyone's kind of in it together. So look out for each other. Do what you can for anybody. You know keep your eye out on your friends and make sure they're okay and they have what they need. And if you can help, you know, that's the important thing right now. Have you been doing anything with your church? For a couple of weeks up until about two weeks ago, we would still go like skeleton crew and still like broadcast like a live work. We're still doing that, but like, I'm not going anymore. They're just basically doing like a couple singers and acoustic guitar, maybe a piano, like very even smaller. Easter last weekend was the first time that I'd like been home and like kind of experienced what everyone in our church is experiencing, like watching and being part of it. And it felt pretty cool and kind of intense, you know, like when you realize like we would normally be at church right now and we would and like even like that's never that has never been a question in my entire life on if I could or couldn't go to church anytime, you know, it's intense. It's, it's, well, yeah, it's just it's totally new, you know, it's nuts. Who's in charge there of the worship program? Uh, well, Chris McClarney is the worship pastor. Okay. So he is on staff. Yeah. He's on staff. He's kind of been there since the beginning, actually very early on. He came on and was, and to be the worship pastor. And then who's the senior pastor? His name is Darren Whitehead. He's great. I really like him. He's like, it was a totally different 
experience when we started going there. He's just, he's a really good speaker. I feel like the, one of the main focuses is like actually how do we as a church like affect our communities in positive ways and how can we fix problems like foster care and making sure people, kids and families have enough food in their pantries and stuff like simple things that are actually more important than anything. And so that's been a really cool kind of change of perspective for us over the last like five years since we've been going. It's cool. We just got serious. We started off like laughing and didn't even know what to talk about. And now we're just like getting intense and deep. Look at us. Well, okay, then. Proud of us. What's so bad about the carpool lane? Here's my thing with carpool lane. At this school, it's not even a parking lot because it's designed for cars to come line up. You know, so there's not parking spaces or anything. So everyone's supposed to do one line of cars and next people make another line, another line, another line. And lately, well, not lately, like the last year, people will just pull in, like decide to be like, I don't want to be in the second line. I'm going to go in there, start off the third row, but then I'm going to stop four cars up, leave space for 35 cars in front of me and just stop there. And when people start doing that, I'm just like, what, what, what is the thinking behind this? It's not, it's not for any important reason. I guarantee you Uh, anything you can think of to be like, maybe it's because of it. I'm like, no, it's not. They're just weird. They just stop because they, I think they want that. They don't want their kids to walk 15 more feet or something. And so another car will pull up behind it and another car. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll go past seven cars and kind of come in and cut in. Some people will leave like two car lengths and just stop. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Because then the other line starts lining up and then there's just all this room and it just bothers me. So I have waged war on them via Instagram. Are they trying to predict where their kids are coming out? Like what, what door they're coming out? Or? Well, well, see, they don't have to predict it because every kid's class line up in the same spot every day. So if they're actually stopping in front of their kids, like that is the most, that's the stupidest thing in the world. You're not getting out any quicker. Let's go up there, make them do the walking. I mean, it's something I can't believe. It like boggles my mind. It like blows my mind that people do that. I'm like, why are you doing that? I feel they're lucky. Like we're not going back to school this year. Cause I was felt like I was about to go start knocking on windows and be like, excuse me, sir. I hold my phone. Like it's a microphone. What is your problem? Who do you think you are? What gives you the right? I don't know. Like, I guess I could have left him alone, but it was really, after a couple of months, like I was like, that's it. I've had it with these people. I started getting out of my car. So obvious what I was doing, like holding my phone, showing the rest of the line, holding my phone in front of them. They must think I'm the sweetest person. But it's okay, because I don't think they're sweet either. It's pretty enjoyable to watch I know it's so many people are like, why are they doing that? And I'm like, I don't know why they're doing that. And they're like, that would make me so mad. I'm like, right. It makes you mad. <laughs> These people are weird. Probably somebody listening to this is like, that doesn't sound like that big of a deal, James. Why are you getting upset about it? But I'm like, you don't understand because you haven't been in the car line. There's rules. You don't follow rules. You have anarchy. Are they anarchists? I don't know. Maybe. That's all I have to say about that. Have you seen Tiger King? Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, I saw it all right. Shows like that, I feel so gross after I watch them that I have to watch, I have to have like a palate cleanser show. You know a palate cleanser show. Something that makes you happy, like Friends of the Office. But it's really a unique show in the, the fact that every new person throughout that series gets introduced along the episodes is worse than the person before them. So people just get worse and worse and worse. They're just worse people after worse people. And after a while, you're like, good God, where did, how did all these horrible people find each other? Like, it's freaking crazy. If that's how that funeral went down, that is the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, I don't know. I, I watched a, um, a follow-up interview of, I guess it's like husband number three or something, the, the most recent one. Yeah. And they asked him, how much is, like, for the camera and how much is it, like, real? And he said, 100% all real nothing was exaggerated nothing was made up <laughs> that was just what you saw is what you get <laughs> well i read this interview with the first husband <laughs> the one that did all the interviews with his shirt off that didn't have any yeah. teeth and he he claims that well into that show he had gotten all of his teeth repaired or not repaired like put new teeth and but they just didn't show any of it and it was their idea for him to sit there with his shirt off but I feel like that doesn't hold much water because I'm like, you're still the one that decides right. to sit there with your shirt off. You're still the one. Yeah, you're still, that's still on you. They're going to come out with another episode though, right? Supposedly. So it's gross. <laughs> Anywho, um, you have a lot of Gretches lately. Yeah. Did you see the Steven Stern penguin that Tim Pierce had on his YouTube a couple days ago? No. Okay. What it looked like. It was, you know, you know, Steven Stern is like their master builder. Or Custom shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know what the exact color was, like an ocean turquoise or something like that. Okay. But his whole episode was about that guitar. And... I love my penguin. This sounds amazing. It really does. Plays great too, but it, it it's a really really good sounding guitar, and I don't know why or what, but it's I love it. It sounds amazing. Is that one a custom shop or is that? No, it's one of the vintage select, maybe fifty nine, I believe. Is that um, kind of like a issue type. Yeah, because it's got the different headstock or the different logo, right? Right, it's got the long logo that goes down. They do those year specific and so it's one of those i know at one point you were about to get an acoustic it's like the penguin acoustic yeah it's a little parlor size guitar which is fun just to kind of have around but also i wanted something with a real small body they're very affordable but and for the price they're like built really well and stuff but i wanted something that would just sound, kind of sounded kind of funky and not something beautiful sounding you know plays good sounds really cool yeah did you put a pickup in it? It has like a fishman pickup oh, in it. So you played it live? Yes. I've played it live once. Oh. <laughs> Are you tracking um, acoustics too or just electrics? Acoustics sometimes, yeah. You use the 57 for that too? Um, 57, maybe like an SM7 or just kind of whatever they're laying around. 
whatever sounds good, basically. Are you doing anything else like mandolin, banjo? Uh, nope. No, none of that. Thank God. I don't even really like tracking acoustic because I feel like I'm not a very good acoustic guitar player. Every now and then I have a good moment where I sound okay. I feel like it's like kind of a different thing. It's not yeah. like playing electric. I'm always like, I feel like there's way better acoustic people that you could get besides me. So hire somebody else. But every now and then I'll do it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's either acoustic is your thing or electric is your thing. Right, for sure. At least in my case, I found that to be true. Plus, my hand just hurts when I play acoustic. <laughs> right. I feel like my fingers are paralyzed for <laughs> a day or two. Get through a song. Well, thanks for having me on your show, Chris. You're the man. It's your third appearance. How many three-peats do you have in this show? None, I don't think. Yes. All right, buddy. Love you. You're the best. I'll be back. I appreciate you um, taking some time. My pleasure. Anytime. I'll come back for the fourth. It's really set a record that no one can be beat. That can't be beat. I was thinking the other day, like, man, I haven't texted James in a long time. And then I got that email. And I was like, dang, now I really need Then I texted you. You still didn't text me. And I texted you. It's not bad, huh? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Okay. All right. Good job. All right. Peace. All right. Peace.